It's delayed, but it's not denied. We're back, the three in one podcast. <laughs> Joining us from the Nasty Natty, Cincinnati, Ohio. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Oh, I get to go first. What's up, everybody? Malcolm, is this because you feel bad because my people got beat so bad? I mean, or what? What is it, Malcolm? No, I will I'll be honest. I was curious to see what your opening monologue would be. So, oh, that's my why goodness. You first. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Oh. I don't have I don't have many words, but I hope everyone's doing well. What's up, brothers? What's going on? And from the land, Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. Woke up feeling real dangerous. What up? <laughs> and here in the capital city, it's your boy Malcolm Morgan. What's up, guys? How's everybody's week been thus far? Man. What an interesting week it has been. So many things going on. Hugh Jackson's now with the Bengals again. Yeah, you got, Uncle you Huey. got, you got so just so many things. I, I, I don't, I'm not even gonna mention some other things going on in the social media world. Just a lot, a whole lot going on though. Um, how are you guys? Man, shout out to Huey Headlines. Huey being, Headlines. Being back, being back in Cincinnati. Um. Yeah, man. My Cavs gotta gotta win another. Yeah. Okay. Gotta win. <laughs> had the worst jerseys in the league on. Uh, I really hope that. Oh my they god! Just, the floor too trash that concept. Yeah, hey, maybe man. they need to bring them out. They won. <laughs> nah, I'm good on that, man. <laughs> you rather have a losing a losing team than a team in ugly uniforms winning? Huh? You. Yeah. I'd rather they, us have a strategy other than let's blind our opponent into losing. <laughs> they, what they, they need to make sure the losses pile on for Zion. That's what they need to be doing right now. Zion. I can't deal with these Zion rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever. I, I can't remind, I can't rhyme anything with LaMelo, so I don't know what to do with that. Okay. They don't want no type of LaMelo, nothing. Not no LaMelo, not no Lamont, LaVar, no, nothing with an L bar. <laughs> so anyway, let's get started. We'll get started with some NBA news. The big news in the NBA world was the drama in Golden State, um, in Golden State's loss to the Clippers. Oh, wait. Uh, that was glorious. We, we, we don't know who you are. You didn't introduce you. I did actually. We just, oh my bad. We have been talking for a while. It's cool. Sorry, uh, Ian. I was Glad trying to get you to run it back, man. Two times, <laughs> two times. <laughs> like, like 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 a Mark Hill free throw, man. Oh uh, my lord. Little uh, uh Shout out to Mark Hill. Just <laughs> my bad. Can we need to get this boy some counseling? I don't know what to do. Anyway, that's. We don't want to start on that sad note. Uh, we're going to talk about these Golden State Warriors and their recent loss to the Clippers. Kevin Durant and Draymond Green got to an argument that spilled out into the locker room after the game and led to a one-game suspension without pay for Draymond Green. Now, no one is talking specifics about what happened, uh, but the rumor is that KD's impending free agency was mentioned. You guys. What do you guys take it away from this? This has just been a crazy story, how it's developed over the last few days. Um, obviously, we don't have all of the details, but the little bit that we have hurt makes this story real interesting. What do you guys think? First of all, let me just say this. I love this story. 
Because I hope the Golden State Warriors just self-implode. Please, Jesus. Um, no, nah, I mean, gosh. First of all, Draymond Green is an absolute idiot. Um, you know, what was he even think? Like, it's almost like yeah, it's almost like J.R. Smith. Like, at the end of the game one last year, NBA Finals. I know, Ian, sorry, it's a little too soon. But still, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Number one. Um Number two, you know, um, I don't know, like, man, I Kevin Durant was obviously mad, but apparently a lot of reports say the whole team was upset. Um, yeah. Draymond Green is is already a hothead, so he's getting mad that other people are mad because you did something stupid. You should have just took it and shut up and moved on. You you did something stupid. That's on you. Um, but like I said, fellas, I hope I hope this team just starts imploding, um, you know. Um, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Cousins over there trying to hold him back and all this type of stuff. Like, who knows? But uh, I'll be glad. I'll be glad if Kevin Durant gets on up out of there. Um, you know, bring some. Let's bring some uh, some competition back to the NBA. But I can't make a whole lot of it out of outside of. Uh, clearly, it's not a good look. Uh, there's clearly some hostility in the locker room. I'm curious to see how they're going to be playing together in the next few games, especially when Draymond serves his one game suspension. Um, and, and Steph Curry's out, you know, it's just a, it's a lot going on with Golden State right now. And I'm mm-hmm. loving every second of it. Ian, <laughs> Malcolm, up to y'all. Hey man. Yeah. Steph out for three more games. I just, for those who don't think that Steph Curry is the nucleus of that team, uh, mind you that stuff just falls apart when he is not on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah man this whole thing is interesting it's been postured it's been talked about exhaustively uh it's you know there's there's takes about what actually happened you know Draymond uh calling KD a certain five-letter word repeatedly which uh has been his nickname on the end well never mind but we uh it's, it's very very interesting uh, to see this whole thing play out. It's even more interesting to see what a lot of people have postured as uh, the Warriors organization taking KD's side on this whole thing and, and suspended Draymond. I don't necessarily see it that way, uh, but you know how when stuff starts swirling and these public figures, uh, they claim that they don't hear the noise, they don't pay attention to the news, they don't care, uh, but we know that they really do. Yeah. Uh, we know that they got people in their ear and... Um, that is a very toxic thought to be out in the atmosphere that the Warriors are uh, on KD's side more than Draymond's, which it would make sense that they are, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean why, you know, Draymond, for all that he does and as unique of a player as he is and as much of a glue as he is, he, uh, you're not one of the three best players in the world. Um, so... Uh, yeah, interesting to see how the whole thing will play out. I have a, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion that it is just, you know, the Warriors version of LeBron's early season drama. But uh, they stole his thunder because LeBron don't get started normally until January. But they saw him revving up in November, so they figured they'd uh, they one up him. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, I, it's interesting to see. Uh, I don't. I do think in the end game it'll be much ado about nothing. Even KD said in his post game remarks um, that you know they had not had stuff out, but he assumed that they would. It's a long season, like they said. They'll have some type of something. Steph Curry is out here uh, playing the parent, 
stopping over people's houses and everything. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But in the end, I don't think it's as much a chink in the armor as we're making it to be. I just think what, what we're seeing is the whole world expressing their deepest, deepest, darkest desire for Golden State to melt on its own. So we yes. don't have to deal with them. Yes, anymore. Lord. <laughs> well, I, I think this keeps my conspiracy theory alive that DeMarcus Cousin was not didn't sign with the Warriors, but he was sent to the Warriors to break them down from within. <laughs> so my conspiracy Trojan, theory. Trojan horse. Trojan horse. Magic Johnson said, look, <laughs> go over there, break that thing up, and then come over here. We'll get you, we'll get you a nice little max deal. Come to L.A. and then, you know, just start winning championships. Mm. So that conspiracy theory still holds. Um, so yeah, I think you also here, said Dame Lillard would be a Laker uh, this year, right? I think that was one of my predictions, yes. Yep, okay, just making sure. Are you you sticking Uh, with that? I'm not feeling great about that right now. But But we'll see. Still a lot of time left. All right, Um, all right. I think we'll see Kimba there before him, but. Oh, I, you know what? I want to do a, a conversation about Kimba at some point. He's just wasted. We've wasted so many great moments with him and Charlotte. He's he's so good. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, so I think there's something here. And first of all, there's been all this chatter all offseason that no one could really pinpoint for any re- to anything specific that KD is basically out. Um, and then allegedly to have this come up in a conversation, in a heated conversation in the locker room, means that it's on the mind of the players and they're worried about it. Um, and then the fact that they suspended Draymond means there's an element to this story that we haven't heard yet that we don't know. Because we all know Draymond does some crazy stuff. But for the team to suspend you for a locker room incident um, behind closed doors that nobody else saw to suspend you, that tells me that at somewhere along the line, he crossed the line. Um, so was that physical? Was that even something worse verbally than what we heard? What was it? Um, so I think there's something there. And then, I mean... You're hearing these reports that have been coming out basically since the beginning of the season saying that Kevin Durant's basically gone, and that chatter is getting louder. You have Kevin Durant's brother coming out and putting up an Instagram story about how people's true colors are going to show when they don't have people to cover up their weaknesses. Uh, And then all that, put that together with Draymond is... Although he's still a good player, he is showing a little bit of signs of slippage on both sides of the of the court. Not hitting shots like he needs to, defensively not as strong as he has been, and then having the injury issues. Um, so you've got a guy, Kevin Durant, who's going to demand a max contract, and a guy, Draymond Green, who's looking at maybe he's not as important as he once was. Because um, he ain't. Yeah, physically he's he's starting to break down. Um, so, I mean, the, the, I think there's something here. Um, I don't think it would have came up in the conversation. Um, if it hadn't, it it just keeps coming up. So where there's smoke at some point, there's fire. Will it affect their, them this, this year going for a championship? I honestly think it doesn't matter unless they have an injury. Um, or once DeMarcus gets there, that it just completely implodes. Um, but it, I think it will definitely affect decisions people make. And the team makes in the offseason. They're going into a new arena. Um, if the, if they have to make a choice between Draymond and Kevin Durant, that doesn't seem like a very hard decision for me. Nope. Not um, hard at all. 
So Draymond, you can go ahead and go on somewhere. There's they don't make Kevin Durant's <laughs> right. Not and not nope. LA either. Don't bring him nowhere near LeBron either. Nope. No, thank you. Yeah, take take that back to Saginaw. Take that uh-huh. back he can, to Saginaw. He can go and play for the Clippers or anyone else. First of all, if they get Draymond, if they get Draymond and re-sign Lance and look and JaVale and Rondo, That's I want dangerous. a hard knocks. I want hard knocks LA. Yeah. Definitely. Throw, throw Melo in there. Let's not even speak oh, no, this blasphemy. No. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, God. Oh, have you guys also... Oh, we'll, we'll talk about this later. I'll, never mind. I'll, I'll pocket that for later. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. So, um, we'll see how this develops over over the rest of the year. I think, obviously, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but there's, a, there's still one more big personality they haven't truly added to that locker room yet. And then we'll Wait. move on to the next big headline. Unless somebody, y'all got, y'all got something else you want to add? Mm-mm. Not at all. All right. The big headline from over the weekend, Jimmy Butler finally got his wish. It got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers in a deal that sent him and Justin Patton to the Sixers for a second-round pick, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and the corpse of Jarrett Bayless. So guys, <laughs> did Minnesota get enough in this deal, and where does this position Philadelphia moving forward? It's a really good haul for Minnesota. Um, I think the that level of perimeter shooting, and I say that level, not like ultra marksmen. They're not the Splash Brothers, but um, they do have Sarge who. A lot of people are high on. I personally like his, you know, uh, what he brings to the team with the shooting and with the size. Uh, Covington, uh, good defender, great shooter. Um, inconsistent. Very much Inconsistent, so. but when he's on, he's on. And, and he tends to, he tend to be, <laughs> he tends to be on saw, really. Last year in the playoffs, he was he was Terrible. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was so yeah, bad. He, he, he wasn't on then. Um <laughs> But I, I, you know, I, I think a change of scenery oftentimes brings out the best in guys, um, especially as they're playing for contracts and things like that. And they're they're in the Western Conference, which, uh, yeah, I mean they won't be as high of a seed, but I do think, I think it works for that team. Uh, you've seen Cat and uh, Wiggins' numbers go up significantly without Jimmy Butler on the floor. I think having some guys to space out the floor that much more. Um, will still help, and so I, I I like the haul from Minnesota. Um, Philly's got some they got some things to figure out, but uh, uh, Fultz has to stop starting. That has to stop now, like yesterday, uh, like yeah, tonight. Like, he they, didn't start today. I was like, okay, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming JJ was in the starting lineup. Yep. Um, yeah, they, and they I mean they got a package, Fultz. They did a whole lot of shenanigans before the season started. Um, had some offers on the table, you know, but they wouldn't pull the trigger on stuff because they didn't want to put faults up. Now his value has diminished significantly, um, but they still have a couple pieces to fill in. But um, as far as the process goes, I mean, this is what the process was for, right? Yeah. Get a star, get a star player, get enough assets to where you can move them to get a star, and now you got a three-headed monster. Just got to fill in the roster. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I don't know. I don't feel like Minnesota got, like, I feel like they got something. Um, I'm not a huge Robert Covington guy at all. 
Um, I think he is, I won't say garbage, even though he was in the playoffs, um, but he is just not very good. Um, I, I like Sarge's game. Um, I agree with you, Ian. However, you know, you get Jared Bayless who, you know, may he rest on, um, I don't know if it's, you know, <laughs> cremation or, you know, buried alive, who knows? Um, in the 20, 2022 second round pick, is that right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Good to pick. me, I, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if I'm Minnesota fans, I feel like, okay, we didn't get enough, but we got rid of them. Like, you know, um, of course for Philly, <laughs> uh, for Philly, like, um, they didn't get LeBron, so they got, you know, another star player who definitely gives them, you know, offensive playmaking that they so desperately missed last year when they played Boston. Yeah. Um, Simmons was weak, you know, at least three of those games. Um, Joel Embiid played well, but they need they needed this guy. Uh, I love the fact they still have JJ Reddick. Uh, I think they're they need like one more shooter who can really stretch them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think they definitely become um, an automatic contender um, within the Eastern Conference. You know, before we were all you know just waiting for Boston to get to the finals, but now we have Philly, who um, especially depending on if Philly can win enough games to get home court advantage in that potential series, could be huge. So, you know, um, now of course they lost their first game together, uh, but they got they they have some time to try to figure some stuff out. I'm excited about it. You know, those now it kind of gives the East a two headed monster with a baby monster in uh, in Toronto and whatever. So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't love it for Minnesota, but love it for Philly and love what it does for the Eastern Conference, um, especially come playoff time. So. Yeah, I, just, I don't. I'm not in love with the Hall for this team, and then the pieces don't. To me, uh, Covington, I think, is a good fit in theory if he plays how he can play. If he could hit threes and play solid defense, um, then he fits that role for them. But Sarich just seems kind of redundant when you already have Towns, Taj Gibson, and for some god awful reason, reason Gorgie Jang is still there. Um, so I just don't know how much minutes he's going to get. And then obviously Jerry Bayless is, you know, the Keith Van Horn of this trade. Yeah. And oh, man. The 20, <laughs> and then the second round draft pick, I'm just like, what? 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 I don't even. I, yeah, Not I, a I, first I, round? I, Not a first round? Yeah, like y'all couldn't get a, a, even a late first round or a protected first round. I don't, I don't understand. I mean, Houston offered you four. You had the deal for Miami where you could have got Josh Richardson, which I, who I think is a better player than both of these guys um, that they ended up getting in this deal. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. Um, but for Philly, they got I think they got what they needed, a, a yep. guy who can get a bucket in a tough space who's not afraid to shoot the ball. Um, I think once him and Bede and Simmons figure it out, he'll enjoy playing with them because – I think they both have a little bit of that dog in them in different ways. I mean, Joel Embiid has just been dominant so far this year, um, an early MVP candidate. Ben Simmons can really dominate, but he'll do it in a different kind of way, not necessarily looking for shots, but will get his guys involved and will pick his spots to take over. Um, so really, they can rely on Jimmy in those moments when they need to get a bucket um, where you saw them kind of struggle against Boston um, and even against Miami. 
um, he'll be able to do some of those things to help free things up for other guys as well in the fourth quarter. Also, putting J.J. Redd back in the in the um, starting lineup. Uh, Wilson Chandler has just come back from injury. I think once he gets healthy, he could be a big help for them. But they're still going to need one more piece. Um, I want to believe that Marco Fultz is going to get better, but this – it's just starting to look uglier and uglier with every passing day with him. The beginning of the year, you got really encouraged. You started to see some things, but now it seems like it's actually getting worse um, from the beginning of the year. So I don't know what you can reasonably expect from him. So I think they need to go um, and try to make a deal for another player, possibly you know see who's on the waiver wire um, after the trade deadline. Uh, but they're going to need a little bit more bench help. But this makes the East very interesting with them. Toronto, Boston, and uh, Milwaukee Indy. there, and Indiana as well. They're at the top of the conference. Um, the top of the East is is really solid. Now, the, the other half is not pretty, but this half <laughs> mm. um, is, is pretty elite. And so um, other thing we could say is that, you know, over half the All-Star team will come from Boston, Toronto, um, and, Philly. And, uh, and Philly, and then uh, Giannis. So, <laughs> yep, yes, that's, that's, that's basically your all-star team right there. <laughs> Man, uh, yo, so yeah, I think me. um, I think Robert Covington is going to be exposed in Minnesota. Honestly, like mm. you know, I feel like when you when you play with with a team like Philly, who you know they're very good. You know, you your game may be elevated a little bit. You know, like you can't go to San Antonio and not play well. You know, mm. um, but I feel like now that he won't be on a team that's like a contender um, or anything like that, I don't know. I, I'm just not high on like, so we'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but I think that he goes to Minnesota and just lays an egg, you know. Oh, yeah. no. We'll see. We'll see. I do like I do like Joshua Ko- Koji uh, in Minnesota. He's played really well for them. Um, I think he's he's got some nice two way ability for them. So we'll see. Their their record is at five and nine. They're playing the Pelicans tonight. Um, it's a pretty tight game um, in the fourth quarter. We'll see how uh, how this turns out. Uh, but we have one more NBA storyline. We'll hit really quick. Carmelo Anthony's days in Houston seem to be numbered. Oh God, I, I don't want to say we predicted this, but I know I know I did. I did not see this going well at all. <laughs> And uh, so far, it has been a massive disappointment. He's had a couple decent games, but the team hasn't been winning. And then ever since he's he's been out, quote unquote, with an illness, quote unquote, um, oh. they've played a lot better. They're shooting the ball better. They're playing at a faster pace. Defense is better. Gary Clark, the undrafted uh, rookie, has really yeah. been uh, good for them. You guys, is this the end of the line for Melo? What What do you guys think is the future for Carmelo Anthony? I don't think it's the end of the line. I mean, he. This is a Hall of Fame player, man. Um, Ain't that, playing I, like it. I, not at all. And he, he he's not knocking down open shots, and, that, and that's, that's really that's the one thing he's supposed to do. Yep. And and I think that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the flow of offense thing. I don't know what that is. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's the end for him. Um, I know it seems unlikely that he would be content uh, being on a team that's not a contender or that, you know, doesn't even like they'll make the playoffs. But uh, I think his options are limited. 
either you go somewhere, you accept the bench role, you commit to being that scoring punch off of the bench um, on the squad that actually plays in a system where you might be suited to do so. Um, <laughs> somebody said something about uh, him in Milwaukee. I, I don't want to see Jesus, that. Jesus, no. I, no. I don't want to see that at no. all. No, and I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Boot, uh, Coach Budenholzer wants to see that either. But I mean, I. I I think there's I think there's a possibility he can find a fit somewhere. Pelicans, um I I don't know. I don't know where. I just don't want to see this be the end. I want to see him go out on a note that's not like Iverson, that does not like, you know, some other guys who, who really uh toward the end of their career just kinda just exploded. Um but no, I I do think Melo is still a thirteen to fifteen point per game guy off the bench and there are teams who could use that mm-hmm. it's just being able to find a fit um he i mean but that shot that shot has got to be falling um that that's that's got to be his calling card and a lot of people have said that he didn't really you know do a great job of managing his game as the nba shifted and i can't disagree with that um you know you knew it was becoming more jump shot heavy and he has always been a, a pretty good Shooter, he's been a great mid-range shooter. Yeah, and then he's been a decent outside shooter, but not mm-hmm. very good. I, decent, okay. decent, decent in that you'll put your hand up. Okay. Um, but yeah, him him not really focusing on that part of his game as his body broke. I mean, you know, Melo he started losing lift. I mean, you, that's the natural thing that you have to do. You got to work to become a better shooter. And Melo, he just threw on the hoodie, and he was out here like, "Look, I'm Melo," and it, it, it don't it doesn't work like that. So I don't think it's the end. You said real quick, sorry. I don't think it's the end. I, I just want Melo to land somewhere really bad, man. I don't want to see him go like that. Look, y'all, I think this is the end because man, that dude just don't look like he got it anymore. Stop it. Um, I'm sorry, he, he don't. Like he, his best game right now is to go and play some pickup with a hoodie on, you know, just leave, <laughs> leave the NBA, you know, um, I don't know guys. Like, I mean, there's not a whole lot for me to say. I just, I w- I hoped and hoped that this would work so much for Houston, that he would give them good production just so Houston could be like, even though they're playing better, they're not going to have enough. Uh, I mean, unless the Warriors self implode, um, they're not going to have enough. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe at this point. I wouldn't be shocked if he went somewhere else, tried it, and and that was the end of the road. I just where like who wants him right now at this point in time? Cleveland, Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> like where where is he going? Um, is Michael Jeffrey Jordan going to call him? Like I don't oh, know. No, nope. You know. Nope. <laughs> nope. So you know, L. A. Definitely don't. Well, I hope L. A. <laughs> don't want him. So I mean, I don't I don't know where he would go. Um, but I know at this point, if I'm looking at this mellow, I wouldn't want him on my team. So, well, here's a here's a team um, that might it might be the the perfect ingredients for him to be successful. It, it, let me rephrase that to be somewhat effective. China. Uh, well, yeah, China. He would go and he could do <laughs> he could do everything he wants to do in China. Right. Go get that he money, can, bro. He can go over there, make ten million, and score fifty-seven points. I mean, uh, what Jimmer Fredette scored seventy-five. Yeah, man. Carmelo yeah, Anthony, Jimmer. he yep. can average fifty in China. Then if yep. Jimmer Fredette's out there getting <laughs> seventy-five, um, but I think the San Antonio Spurs are an interesting team to me. That's my um, top team. Um, 
Pop knows how to coach guys like Carmelo, um, and they do. They just care about getting the good shots. So they got two mid range shooters and um, Lamarcus and and Demar Derozan, um, and Carmelo can do his little mid range mid range thing. Um, and I think that helps get him going. But in Houston, he's just not getting opportunities to get himself going. So maybe. A team like San Antonio who could really use some more punch off the bench with all the injuries they've had. Um, he got to be that guy on that second unit. But all of this conversation involves us projecting the, what Melo should be, but he has never been that at this point in his career. Um, the theoretical Melo is perfect for a lot of teams, <laughs> but the reality of Melo is good for nobody. <laughs> Um, but if he's, if he's not going to rebound, if he's not going to get in the, in the post, um, if he's not going to pass the ball, he's just not helping you when he's not hitting shots. So, um, he's got to look in the mirror or his career is going to go very similar to how Allen Iverson's career went, where at the end he just kept bouncing around and we had that awkward phase in, in Memphis and the, and the retry in Philly when then he just stopped cause he just wasn't, he wasn't able to be that guy anymore. Um, and so I would hate for Melo to go out that way, but I hope that whatever happens, he's able to get into a situation where he can kind of hopefully end his career on his own terms. And dear God, do not go to the Lakers. Um, <laughs> I don't see any good coming from <laughs> going to the Lakers at all. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we're going to make a quick pivot to the to college football, um, the latest college football Playoff rankings came out on Tuesday. Um, let's see. Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Michigan remain in the top four with Georgia and Oklahoma rounding out the top six. So, guys, as we're looking and projecting forward, we know that there's going to be an upset somewhere. Um, these rankings are not going to hold throughout the rest of the year. Um, so where do you guys see the team that needs to be the most aware going into these last couple games that they might get knocked out of playoff contention? I would start with Notre Dame, definitely. Um, coming up against Syracuse, um, that is a that is definitely a game. That's the only game that they have left that's really of significance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I forget who they played the week after, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse last time they had a game against a ranked opponent was Clemson, and they lost by four. Yeah. So it's it's not something you could you know that you can afford to overlook at this point. If you're Notre Dame, you got one job to do, and that's to go out there and beat Syracuse and not come out flat in whatever your last game of the season is. Is Book playing? Yeah, he's back. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I definitely agree with you, Ian. I mean, I think this this whole you know um, uh, uh, Notre Dame game versus Syracuse is whew, that's crucial. Um, especially, I believe Syracuse is at home too, um, so that adds you know the fuel to the fire again. Uh, but I'm gonna say um, that if Alabama overlooks you know, anyone before they get to Georgia. I don't believe anyone will beat them, um, but I think Georgia has has a very good shot, um, depending on what Georgia team we see. Um, right. Like, you know, I would love to say um, that 
I'm just excited about Ohio State, Michigan because I'm not. I am not right now at all. So I'm, you know, I, of course it's going to be a um, it's going to be a tough um, a tough sled going with Ohio State, and Michigan, regardless. But um, I think right now Notre Dame and Alabama need to be most concerned um, mm. about you know their matchups before a Final Four type of deal. Notre Dame is at home, by the way. Oh, I thought it was at Syracuse. Darn it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Bama needs to be careful. Um, Auburn's going to be coming in looking to um, do what they've done in previous years is kind of, you know, knock Alabama out of the playoff, which hasn't successfully worked the last few years. Uh, Alabama seems to always find a way in. Um, and then actually looking down at one of the lower-ranked teams, Oklahoma, um, you know, they, they have slim hopes at this point to get in. They need a, a little bit of help, but they've got that tough game against West Virginia at the end of the year um, mm-hmm. that can decide who's going to play. Or it could even possibly be a situation where they have a rematch again uh, in the Big 12 championship game. And um, I think that would, would effectively knock them out of the playoff as well. So um, I, I want to believe that Syracuse can do it. Um, you know, they've got the, the coach who has that air rate offense. Um, if they can put up points against that Notre Dame defense, but I, that Notre Dame defense has been pretty strong all year. Yeah, I just don't know if, if if Syracuse has the right weapons to kind of unlock that defense. You know, I forgot. I mean, the Notre Dame's last game is USC, mm. so they can't they can't get caught slipping there too. USC game uh, team who took out Washington earlier in the year, yeah. uh, Washington State. Excuse me. So. Yeah, they they definitely got to stay on their P's and Q's, but I think that they will. Um, I think Oklahoma's out. I mean, they're just. I I don't I don't foresee I don't foresee these top four teams losing in these last couple of weeks. We never do, and it, it always seems to happen though. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. So let's talk a little bit about the Heisman. Tua, I think, is by far the uh, the leader in this, um, and barring just the cataclysmic monstar situation happening. Um, he's probably the odds on favorite, but who are you guys as other contenders? What other players are you looking at that are having big years that you would like to see in New York for the Heisman trophy presentation? Um, shout out to Tua. I definitely got love for him. He's having a big year. Um, but the fact that he's hobbled and he's going to be starting against Citadel. I, I don't know. Nick Saban must have been hanging out with Tom Thibodeau over the weekend or something. <laughs> but um, Kyler Murray, yeah, um, of course, is I think has to be mentioned, and he's honestly uh, my front runner just from a, a number standpoint. I mean, cat is electric. Um, what is he? Thirty-two touchdowns, five picks, uh, over three thousand yards already, seventy point nine completion percentage, which. I think it's great in huge games against Texas and T- TCU. Um, well, another one against Baylor for what that's worth. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I personally – I give him the edge, and I think voters might as well. Um, you know, there's always the fatigue of Alabama in general, which uh, is not an official, you know, um, um, something, but it's, it's definitely a realistic something. So, yeah, I, I think Kyler Murray would be a uh, – be a great one to look out for in these next final couple weeks. Yeah, I I echo um, Kyler Murray for sure. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, 
right now it's pretty clear cut with with Tua to me. Um, but I don't know, like. I think Will Greer's having a very good year. I don't know if he's necessarily oh, yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily put him over, you know, um over Tua or over Kyler Murray, but you know, what Will Greer's doing is is I think he's thrown for uh what is it? Let me see, uh twenty nine hundred yards, yeah, yeah. And, and thirty-one touchdowns. So he's definitely up there. Um uh there was another person who was slipping my mind right now, but um, but yeah, let me just, let me just throw Will Greer out there, um, as, as quarterbacks. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, those would be my, my top three guys right now, at least, you know, it was, was Dwayne Haskins once, but, um, yeah, not so much anymore. Yeah. He had the, he had the numbers. Um, if they kept winning, I think he'd be, I think Tua would still be the favorite, but he'd be right up there too. Just the numbers he was putting up, yep. um, was amazing. Absolutely. Um, I, I got a couple running backs. Uh, first one, Travis Etienne from uh, Clemson. Yeah. Um, he's just been a, a beast for them as a sophomore. Um, just over a thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns, eight and a half yards per carry. Um, he just finds a way to get big plays for them in every game, um, and even has an effect on the passing game. And then, if this team was a little bit better, um, if they hadn't had some of the tough, a couple tough losses that they've had. Um, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin is having another Mm -hmm. special year. Already over 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, The way he's had to carry that offense as they've had quarterback issues and injuries, um, they've just been really, really special. Um, But if that team had been just a little bit better, I think he'd be right up there in the Heisman conversation as well. But four losses. Um, He may may actually be able to get to New York because this group is – is a little weak um, from normal standards. But I think, you know, you look at Tua, you look at Kyler, um, and then that third spot I think could be up for grabs depending on uh, who can get the most support out there. But I think we all agree Tua is, you know, barring something crazy happening, is going to win the Heisman. Yep. Yep. So we're going to – Get, <laughs> we're gonna get ready to do our picks for this upcoming week, but Keith, can you review our picks from last week? Oh my goodness, you are putting me on the spot. Oh. Um, I let me see. Come back to me. I have the papers right here. I just need okay. to figure out uh, which one was which. All right. Well, we will get started with our picks for this week. Our first game: Notre Dame. Takes on Syracuse, number three versus number twelve. We this this is this is actually okay. I guess it's not technically a home game, but it's in uh is in Yankee Stadium in New York. Um, yeah. So it's not it's not uh, technically a home game, but it kind of is. Um. So we talked about this a little bit, but let's give our official picks. Anyway, Syracuse pulls off the upset here. I'm going to say yes. Whoa. I actually think that, um, and I understand, you know, uh, trying to keep them fresh or whatever it is, but just Ian Book missing that game, I think, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm getting the feeling. I'm getting the vibe here. Um, but I think Notre Dame just maybe out of sync, maybe looking forward. 
um, uh, a little too much, maybe getting a little excited. We've seen Notre Dame. Um, uh, what's that term? Muck. Muck things up <laughs> uh, down toward the finish line. I know it's uh, it's not expected. I, I, I would expect Notre Dame to win. I have a feeling they will not. So I'm going to go with Syracuse in this game. Uh, I'm going 27-26. Ooh, close one. Wow. Um, there's no way I'm picking Syracuse. Um, if they were at home, I would. Um, I would definitely consider it. Um, Notre Dame is Nobody's just... Nobody's at home, though. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, I think Syracuse will keep it close until, like, the fourth quarter. Um, and I think that Notre Dame uh, will pull out. Um, God, that's what he said. Um, pull out Gabe Strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they'll 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 um, they'll get the dub. I think they'll end up winning by two touchdowns. Uh, we'll go um, thirty to uh, let's say yeah sixteen thirty sixteen. Yeah, I'm going to keep my short. I think Notre Dame wins. I kind of already previewed this. I think Notre Dame wins. Their defense, I think it's going to be too much for Syracuse over the course of the game. I think they win by 10. I'm going to say 30 to 10. I mean, 30 to 20. 30 to 10. Um, I think Moneal goes for 150 yards plus. I hope I hope you're writing all of this down, Keith, because I, <laughs> I want you to revisit this. <laughs> right. Well, listen, I guess I think the thing that, that got that caught me off guard is that uh, we didn't have an episode last week. So I was just trying to figure out, like, what college games did we even predict? You know, we did have an episode last week. Oh, well, OK. Yes, I get what you're saying. But I'm saying, like, you know, I came <laughs> on late. So, like, yeah. you know. Oh, that's right. Did we do the did we do college without you? Um, no, I think mm. I got just in for college. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. all right. Wait, well, let's which go. week, wait, wait, which week do we have, did we not do the episode? I thought that was last week. Uh, it was week before last. Oh, that's what, that's right. That's right. I see I'm getting my, my weeks all mixed up. I'm yeah. Just, uh, I'm all over the place, fellas. You're good. You're good. Well, Keith, you've, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? What do you <laughs> What's next? What's up? Uh, oh, <laughs> all right, goodness. next game. <laughs> For the first time ever said on this podcast, a little American Athletic Conference action. Um, and we're going to uh, to Keith's home team, Cincinnati Bearcats, number twenty-four. Oh, oh, travel. Oh, oh. That is not our home team. That is your home team. It's in Cincinnati. Oh, you are yeah. from Cincinnati. Easy. You, you are denying the team that literally has the city's name in its in its school name. <laughs> That's uh, all of a sudden. That's not home team anymore. Uh, <laughs> anyway, despite the uh, Peter spirit that's all over, <laughs> number twenty-four Cincinnati travels to Orlando to take on the UCF Knights. Oh, and we—I think we were a little remiss in not me- mentioning Mackenzie Milton as a possible Heisman candidate as well. Um, he may be one that may be able to get on the podium this year. Uh, Twenty-three hundred yards, twenty-one touchdowns. So far this year. Anyway, shout out to him. Uh, but Cincinnati <laughs> comes in with one loss. UCF obviously undefeated. This is going to be a very important matchup for college football playoff, for conference championship, all of those things. What are you guys thinking for this one? Uh, ever since I've been here in Cincinnati, um, 
what I've learned is that you just don't trust the sports teams in Cincinnati, period. <laughs> you just don't. Oh, man. Because at the end of the day, someone will let you down. The Reds will let you down. The Bengals will definitely let you down. Uh, I'll never forget Kenyon Martin when he was at UC. They were a favorite oh, to get to the championship game. Broke, broke his leg, his right? leg oh. before tournament. Never, ever has UC got back to that type oh. of, you know, um, star power and playing. I don't trust them um, at all. Um, so um, this will be a tough test for UCF. Um, but I love I love their offense. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that they believe in their system, even though, you know, their coach left. This is a team that I was saying at the beginning of the year, if they went undefeated again, I would love to give them a shot to get in. Doesn't look like uh, they're going to get that shot unless some crazy things just happen. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to go with UCF um, and I'm going to have them winning by 10. I'm going to go. Uh, huh, actually, I don't believe UCF may put up that much. All right. So let me say I'm going to go UCF uh, 35. Um, and UC will put up 17. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you said it. Key to me is a little too much offense on UCF's side. So I'm going to just go straight to the pick. I actually do have them hanging 42 up Ooh. in this game. It'll be 42 to 27. Ooh. Well... We know um, what Malcolm's going to do, guys. <laughs> thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at Cincinnati's defense averaging 278 yards a game. I keep trying to find a stat that says that's not true, but that is nuts. Um, only allowing 278 yards a game. I really like their running back, Michael Warren. Uh, saw him in high school um, in a state championship game, and he was absolutely dominant. And he has had a great year this year. Um Rushing for over a thousand yards and seventeen touchdowns for the Bearcats. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go just short of saying Cincinnati's gonna win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but I think UCF is gonna pull it up. But I think it's gonna be a shootout. Um, I'm gonna say thirty-five to thirty-three. UCF wins. Mm, there it is. Oh, so is that what you th- is that what you thought I was gonna do? Uh, well, Malcolm, you know, a lot of times you do that and, you know, sometimes it works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't, but just throw throw that, throw this out there. I did get the two pick, the two picks that we, uh, did last week. Uh, we both, we all chose Ohio state to beat Michigan state, which they did. And we Mm -hmm. all chose Clemson to win, which they did. So we were all three, two and up. Nice. Let's do, uh, let's get one more pick in, um, a key big 12 game, Iowa state, takes on Texas, number 16 versus number 15. Uh, this is essentially, it should be an elimination game. Um, both these teams, I believe, are sitting right at third place in the Big 12. Um, top two teams make it into the Big 12 championship game. Which team do you think pulls this one out? Let me get mine over quickly because I'm just... Frankly, I'm irritated with Texas. Uh, we've been talking about them all year. <laughs> yep. And uh, they came out streaking. We celebrated. Uh, we threw confetti. Texas is back. And then they dropped back to oh, wait. Uh, they dropped yep. games against Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. they beat Oklahoma. Oh, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State and, uh, and West, West Virginia. Virginia. 
and close games at that. So uh, Texas will win now because it doesn't they're matter back. anymore. Texas no, no, no. is back. They're, they're not back. They're not We're back, back baby. <laughs> um, uh, but they will win this game, um, and it'll, it'll be close, uh, 23-20. Mm. Mm. Um, guys, I want to choose Iowa State because I don't trust Texas as much as I want to. They're already um, out the picture. Trust me. They've already disappointed us. They'll win. Ian, you just said Texas is back. You got the no, win no, and no. we're back. No, no, no. They're, they're not back. They're going to win. Con- we're contractually obligated every time Texas wins to say they're back. It's in the contract. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Is Texas at home? I think so. Yeah, it's at Texas. Yeah, I'm going to go with Texas then. Um. I'm going to go Texas 27, Iowa State 20. Um, yeah, I literally just – I was going to choose whoever was at home, honestly, guys, because I uh, <laughs> Texas is so inconsistent. Iowa State has has some playmakers. Um, they don't put up – I think they put up maybe 23 points a game or something like that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Texas will get this win. They need it. Um so I think they'll get it, uh, but yeah, I'm still not happy. I wish Texas could have pulled out the games they needed to, so we can see them uh, have a race for that that playoff spot. But that's neither here nor there. So uh, I'll tell uh, you what, Iowa State beat uh, Oklahoma State. Something Texas couldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, I'm telling you, if Iowa State was at home, I would I would have chosen them. All these picks. All I'm hearing is Texas is back. Longhorns are back, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Texas is back. Dominant powerhouse team, Texas, is back. Um, Listeners, we are not saying Texas is back. <laughs> I wish y'all, I wish everybody could just be on social media or watching ESPN when Texas wins. It's the same question. They're back. They beat uh, the Citadel. They're back. Texas is back. Uh, <laughs> all that being said, Texas wins this one uh, 30-14. Um, let's switch to some NFL headlines. Le'Veon Bell did not report to the Steelers before the 4 p.m. deadline on, was that Tuesday? Yep. Um, which means he cannot play this year and he becomes an unrestricted free agent this offseason. You guys, we talked about this a lot early in the year. We kind of backed off it. I think we all assumed he would come back at some point. Yep. How surprised are you by this result? Very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very surprised. Um, oof, I'm very surprised on a couple levels. Uh, one, um, I assumed that he would come back at a point when he felt like, you know, maybe he had made his point. But again, the emergence of James Conner and the fact that he has been playing well consistently uh, throughout the year, I'm sure made that a little bit tougher. Um I don't believe that – I think James Conner fizzles out toward the end of the year. Mm. I hope um, so for my fantasy. For my fantasy. Uh, <laughs> fantasy makes you want players to do so bad, I'm telling you all. <laughs> fantasy does how you wish it's some terrible things sometimes. Terrible. Um, if he got injured, but, I wouldn't be mad. For those reasons, I thought Le'Veon would have played the odds and said, you know what, I'm going to come on back in. But I do – I think that James Conner may have been playing so well – I started asking myself what the chances are that Le'Veon was not the starter. Mm. Um, 
not because of talent. Of course, Le'Veon Bell is one of the greatest running backs we've seen over the last 20 years. Uh, but because, in part, you know, just statement, I think Mike Tomlin is a principal guy, and I think he would give the nod to the guy who's been there working since before the season began. And so uh, I think that may have had something to do with it. But just to cough up $14.5 million for something that you said you thought you would advance a cause for, you know, for Uh, players who are not quarterbacks. And I don't think you did, bro. uh, Um, uh, And, I mean, you know, you're looking at a draft. uh, I mean, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, um, um, some of these other uh, young backs have come out and have shined, including the one in Pittsburgh. Mm. Yeah. So why would the end of I mean why why would a team trend towards signing Le'Veon's what twenty nine now? Uh just about um, twenty eight, twenty nine. So right. Yeah. So I I'm sorry. I I gotta say that the gambler did not work. Mm-hmm. And um you were much worse off and much poorer mm. than you would have been. So yeah, it's it's crazy. First of all, fellas, how ridiculous is it that a guy can give up $14 million and not even care? Like, he, just think yeah, about that. It is, he no, he doesn't. Because if he did, he would have showed up. Like, it doesn't matter to him that he's losing out on $14 million. You know, like, it doesn't. Um, mm. Like, I, can I just have one of those million, please? Just, just like, one. Just, just I just need a million. One. one. Just, that's it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty surprised at this. Um, I really did think he would, he would report, um, by Monday or Tuesday. Um, people were believing that he would, then they said he wouldn't, you know, um, it's crazy to me. I think his stock definitely decreases now because he's going to be without a year of playing football. Um, I mean, does that help him or does that hurt him? Um, you know. Now, of course, yes, it's a year of him not taking hits, not being bruised up and all, but uh, that's a, a year that he's not on that field, you know, um, using that footwork that he's got and all of that. So um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. There's still some teams who definitely, definitely next year would love his services. Oh, um, yes, there and, are. And there, there's, there's two teams in particular I would love to see him go to because I believe they would have the money to pay him. Um but it's just it's just interesting to me. I think Ian, you're right within the sense of James Connors, you know, emergence. He has played very well. Um, like I said, I do hope he slow. Well, I hope he slows down a little bit. But um, Pittsburgh may have their guy. You know, he's a guy. He, you know, they've been watching him since he played college in Pittsburgh because uh, he was playing at Heinz Field. So um, I don't know. I just I'm looking forward to what Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the NFL is so much. I loved watching Le'Veon Bell. Even though he was a Steeler, I loved watching him play. Um, so, um, I don't know. Did, did, I don't know. Keith, did, did you just hit us with a teaser? You said what? You, you hit us with a teaser. Who, who are your two teams? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. We back, the, baby! Le'Veon the, Bell, we with back! The, with the healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I would back. love to see him there. Um, George Kittle, that, I mean, Marquise Goodwin. That team would be fun to watch with Le'Veon. But my number one team that I want to get Le'Veon Bell is the Houston Texans. Um, If if he goes to Houston with Deshaun Watson, um, you know, Demarius Thomas, hopefully they can bring him back. Um, Will Fuller with with him coming back and and 
DeAndre Hopkins, that will be a scary team. And that defense, oh, gosh, it'll be fun to watch. So, you know, those are my two teams that I would love to see him go to. I like, I like. I thought you were going Jets or Colts. Come on, oh, man. God. Heck no. Jeez. And the Colts should be good with Marlon Mack, honestly. Now, the Jets will be able to pay him what he, whatever he wants. The Jets will pay him whatever he wants. Come on, Darnold and Bell. Nope. But anyway, let's not distract from the big headline. The 49ers are back. Let me out, Bell. <laughs> it's going to be a 49er. We're back. We're back. Dynasty in the making, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. Uh, Malcolm, is this, a, is, this, is this like the craziest thing you've seen? Like a holdout? <laughs> This is absolutely the craziest thing I've yes. ever seen in the NFL. Yes. Um, it's never happened before, right? It's Yeah, I can't think of anything that's even close to this. Like, guys hold out, but they eventually show up. And then there was the whole, you know, the, the teammates talking about them to the media. It was it was just bizarre. And then and then it was the, okay, he's coming back this week. Uh, he's He might be coming back next week. Oh, he's in Pittsburgh working out. He's not showing up at all. So it's it's, it's right. just been the most bizarre story. But I don't care because he's coming to San Francisco. 49ers, we are back. I would We're love back. to see it. We're, I would love to see it too. We're back. <laughs> Let's get the number one pick. And we're back. Um, all right. So we are going to go straight to our picks. Keith, do you have our picks from last week? I know I, I did sh- not do well. I sure do. Uh, first of all, in the NFL, I mean, in the Steelers-Panthers game, uh, Ian and I picked correctly. Malcolm, you, you decided to go against me and Ian, and it cost you this time. Um, and then Cowboys-Eagles. Ian was the only one to choose the Cowboys. Uh, and matter of fact, he was very close with the, with the final score. So Ian won this past week. Uh he was two and zero. I was one and one, and, and Malcolm, yeah. So, yep. thank you, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, just want everybody to know that uh, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> all right, just be, just because the Cowboys decided they wanted to play football this week, right? It's not about yeah. them. It's about me, Malcolm. It is. It's um, <laughs> okay, Jimmy Butler. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down, Jimmy. All right, we're going to do a couple games. Um, Big division game, NFC North action. The Vikings go to Chicago to take on the Bears. These Mm. two teams are looking to take control of that North division. Who do you guys think pulls this one out? First of all, that is going to be an amazing game. Yes, it Um, is. I have the Bears. Duh, Bears. Duh, Uh, Bears. (laughs) <laughs> I got the I got a Chicago um edging out Minnesota. Um I have not bought into Minnesota, by the way. Mm. Um but yeah, I got the Bears uh twenty-four to seventeen. Oh man. Um I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Um mm. I honestly I don't love what I've been seeing from them, uh, but I feel like um, I feel like they'll be able to get enough pressure on Mitchell Trubisky um, to be able to force him to maybe throw a pick or two uh, that could cost him. Um, he has been on fire. That Bears offense has been amazing. Um, shout out to Tariq Cohen uh, for being a monster on my fantasy team. Um, 
You going but against you, your fantasy? Your I, well, fantasy? well, yeah. Listen, listen. Tariq Cohen can still can still ball, and they and they still lose. You know that's fine with me. Um, true. But um, I, I think it could be a high scoring affair, especially if Stephon Diggs is back. Uh, Thielen has been killing it. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'll just trust that Kirk Cousins can somehow pull out a game. So um, let's go Vikings twenty eight, um, Chicago twenty four. Um, yeah, that's what I'll go with. No, can no. I mean, um, I don't feel really good about it, but it just, I'm just going with it. Well, it's yours now, Keith. Yep, it is. It is. Ian, you you got a pick? I thought I gave mine. Yeah, Yeah, he won Bears. Yeah, he won Bears. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Bears uh, as well. Um, I think the defense is going to be able to hold down the the Minnesota offense. Their offense has just been up and down all year. Very much um, so. I was very high on Minnesota coming into the year, but the offense just hasn't quite come around. I nope. I think this uh, this Chicago team on a three game winning streak, they're going to make it four. Um, I'm going to say Chicago twenty eight to thirteen. Ooh, low scoring. For, and then the big game, the Chiefs. Yes. They were are going to take on the Rams. This game was supposed to be in Mexico, but they moved it back to L.A. Um, this Poor is, this field is conditions. A, because of the field. Yes, because of the field conditions. Uh, these are two red hot teams, two teams that people are expecting to see, uh, at least in their own conference championships. Uh, big injury. Cooper Cup is out for the rest of the year for the Rams. <laughs> um, and that's going to loom large in this one. I'm going to start off with my pick. Um, and it's going to be really simple. I said earlier this year, I will never pick against the Chiefs again. <laughs> and I am going to continue that trend. The Chiefs win by, I'll say by six, uh, 30 to 36. Nice, nice. Yeah, that uh, that that Cooper Cup injury is, I think, is going to have major, impl- well, large implications but down the line, though, I think yeah. the Rams find a way to uh, to pull out this game and do just enough. Uh, I don't think they're slowing down the Chiefs' offense, but um, I think you know between Todd Gurley and those receivers that they got out there, um, and I think uh, what's the cat's name uh, that'll probably be taking um, his place? Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. Josh Reynolds. And so I think you know they'll get him plugged in. I have. The Rams actually winning thirty-five to thirty. Oh my goodness, um, guys! Um, I was just looking at um, the Chiefs play, and um, who were they just playing? Arizona or someone? Someone they just played uh, this past week, um, and there were some moments where the Chiefs' offense was not looking good. Um, of course, they pulled out the win, um, but I think. There may be some stuff out there, especially with Indomitian Sue, um, Aaron Donald uh, coming after Patrick Mahomes. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, it could be tough. Um, but then again, the Rams defense is not all that hot either. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Rams um, just because I believe in Todd Gurley. I believe in Jared Goff. Um, I believe they'll be able to get Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks the looks that they need, um, and they'll get just one or two stops that'll be critical for them to win this game. 
So, and they're at home. So I love the fact they'll have the home field advantage as well. I'm going to go Rams um, 38 and the Chiefs 28. Mm. Yeah, that's what we'll go with. Yeah. Well, we will. We will keep you guys updated on what our, how we do on our picks next week. But we're about to close up the show with one of our favorite parts. It's our parting words. Let's start off with International Ian. Give us your parting words for tonight. I have some, uh, some petty parting words. Uh-oh. One, mainly because I'm hoping that I'm stealing them from Malcolm. I want to shout out the, uh, the Ohio University Bobcats. Who uh who won on tonight, taking out Buffalo fifty two to seventeen, um that puts them at seven and four, and I believe that they are leading the nope. division. Nope, they're not. Nope, Buffalo is Buffalo still is. They still oh gotcha gotcha gotcha. Well, I guess at nine and two that makes sense. But <laughs> thank you. Could have implications. Could, that could <laughs> have implications coming down the line. Um, since they got that W, so uh, shout out to them. Also, a mini shout out to Shakira for uh, destroying that field in Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what are we shouting out Shakira for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. oh my goodness! All right, uh, Keith, give us your parting words for the night. Listen, shout out to. The worst owner in the NFL, Mike Brown, who continues to fire everyone but Marvin Lewis. Everyone, you know, I understand um, that, you know, defensive coordinator, you know, was doing a bad job. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you have Drake Kirkpatrick as one of your corners. Like, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, But everyone else goes except Marvin I mean at some point I agree with Stephen A at some point you have to you know finally just call it quits you know I mean I'm telling y'all there's a conspiracy theory like there's something like Marvin Lewis has some type of hidden video cam or some type of audio recording of something Mike Brown does it's something like the fact that he (laughs) continues to have a job is just beyond me Um, so shout out to, to him for being terrible and not having a good vision uh, for my Cincinnati Bengals. You know, the people perish because a lack oh of gosh. vision. Wow. So, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, and um, and yeah, that's and um, nope, nope, I'm not going to do it. All right. That's it. That's it. Well, Hugh Jackson, we back. Hugh Jackson, no, say, c- congratulations. Huey, Huey headlines. The best yeah. buds are back. Run that. When you get your own offense, you can run it like me. Listen, yeah. I, I, I like you. I like you as an offensive coordinator. You know, uh, are they priming you to take over for Marvin? Who knows? But all I know is that Marvin needs to go. That's it. Hugh is in the Dwight Schrute assistant to the regional manager position <laughs> right now. So I think I think. I think he just wants to stay there, man. What do they call it at uh, Alabama where they just pick up the, some disgraced coach and he's the offensive analyst? And, oh, no. Lane <laughs> Kiffin. Then, you know, they get Lane <laughs> Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, whoever. They just pick up some disgraced coach, make him the offensive analyst, and the next year he's the offensive coordinator. Then the next year he's fired or he goes somewhere In else. In the NFL, right. That's what this is. Oh. This is the that's the Hugh Jackson memorial position right there. <laughs> memorial. <laughs> All 
My parting words are going to go out to um, Mr. Karis LeVert out in uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. Had a horrific uh, foot injury the other day. Um, but apparently it's not as bad as people thought. It's just a dislocation of his foot. Um, and they say they're saying he could be back this year. Um, no, no breaks, no tears, only some minor ligament damage. When you saw it on tape, you thought it was, you thought his, his year was over. Very similar to Gordon Haywood and, um, and Paul George. Um, but shout out to him. He was George video. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was nuts. Kevin and then Kevin where before that, man, that was, I I watched that live on television and I was, that was sick. Um, yeah, we might have been together watching that game actually. I think I think we were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. Hope he gets healthy. He was actually having a really good year for Brooklyn, looking like a good young piece for them. Um hoping for a speedy recovery and uh that he can get back on the court soon. Now, before we end the show, I do want to mention a conspiracy theory that's been going around. It involves Derrick Rose and him being on um at the games that these horrific injuries have been happening. Um, <laughs> I believe he was on Team USA when Paul George did his thing. He was on the cast when Gordon Hayward did his thing, and he was on the court. Or I don't know if he was on the court, but he was at that game between the um, I believe the Timberwolves and the Nets. So I don't know if you guys believe that conspiracy theory, but it's out there. Amen. That is how he is getting his career back. He is absorbing <laughs> taking, the ligaments. Taking the calcium <laughs> from other people's bones. <laughs> Man. Shout out to D. Rose, the new franchise player in Minnesota. Now that Jimmy Butler's gone, it's his team. It's his Tibbs team, man. He's is trying sheriff. to finish the job there. <laughs> so that's it. That is another episode of the 3 and 1 We Back podcast. Hey. From Cincinnati, Ohio, it's Keith Turner Jr. Bengals ah, just. That's it. And in the land, Cleveland, Ohio, it's international Ian Lamont Morgan. Shout out to Philly for, um, yeah, shout out to Philly. And here in the capital city, it's your boy Malcolm Morgan. Thanks for watching. Excuse me. Thanks for listening to the Three in One <laughs> podcast. If you're watching, let us know. Uh, we'd love to know how you're doing that. Uh, you've been listening to the Three in One podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Texas, Texas is back. Shout out to Jill Scott. Oh.